This is the Out of Character Podcast. Introducing your host, Brian Colbert. Welcome, world, welcome to episode 18 of the Out of Character Podcast. As always, I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC too if you're listening. If you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. We appreciate you for being here with us on this journey. Episode 18. 18 episodes people it has flown by it has been so much fun man and we have so much more to get into man one day we're gonna be at 100 the next day we're gonna be at 200 man this shit is gonna fly by and we are so happy that you guys have been here with us for this journey man we have a lot to get into we have a fun show for you today and if you have been following along with this out of character podcast journey you are familiar with my 90 day rule my 90 day rule which states A young man or a young woman should not spend money on the person that they are dating or casually seeing for the first 90 days of said relationship. Very, very simple, people. Save your money, save your finances, because it's very important. We're just out of a pandemic now. Money is more important than ever, and I personally thought my rule would save people a lot of money. Now, I got a lot of backlash on it, people. I got a lot of backlash. However, however, one of my friends decided to incorporate this rule into his life one of my young kings one of my young homies decided that he was going to try the 90 day rule and see if it worked out for him he's single you know saying he has a good job you know educated has a college degree so he said why not me why can't i try something like the 90 day rule because he recognized that he was a catch and if you have been following along to out of character if you listened to last episode particularly i updated you on this young man i let you guys know that his dedication to the 90 day rule did not last long it did not last long at all people and i told y'all the story about that about how he got fleeced during a first date with a young queen because he was just trying to do the right thing he was just trying to do the right thing so i have another update for y'all on this brother now it doesn't bring me any joy sharing this news let me tell you even though if he would have listened to me he would have never been in this predicament it does not give me joy to say I told you so. It never gives me joy to say I told you so. But Young King, if you're listening, I did tell you so. Because when I asked this brother, I saw him the other day actually, and I said, hey man, how's, how's it going? How is this relationship going? You know, it's been a couple weeks. Y'all had that extravagant first date in New York City. You spent money on the henny and the wings. Brother, how is it going? How is date number two? How is date number three? Has she met your mother? You know, because who knows? Maybe this young lady is the one. Maybe she's the one. We have no idea. So I, I had to know. You know, I wanted to know what's going on with my guy. And he said, BC, we never made it to date. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you heard me correctly. He said they never made it to date number two. He said he tried. He said he had reached out to her. He was trying to text her after the date, but she was just being funny. She wouldn't respond or she would take days to respond. And when she would respond, she would not explain why she had taken so long to respond. Type of things that women do when they just aren't that interested. The type of things some women do after they've gotten a free meal because that's all they were looking for. That's that's it sometimes. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's okay to be aware of that as a man. And that, It's something I'm very aware of. It's something I think every man has dealt with. So I made the 90-day rule to save men from said situation. But brother said she she stopped responding. She started acting a little different. Oh, she was responding before the henny and the wings. Before she secured that bag, she was responding. 
Before my man opened up the soup kitchen, which was his wallet, she was responding. But after the date, she stopped responding. They had another date planned. Because my man powered through. Like most of us, we power through, you know, shorty. Maybe, you know, maybe she just wants us to try a little bit. Sometimes what we think, you know, we don't want to apply too much pressure. But sometimes women like to see a little bit of consistency, a little bit of urgency, a little bit of pressure when a young man is courting them. Right. So, you know, he, he stuck it out. They ended up finally communicating and they made a plan for date made a plan for date number two i think they gave him like a week's notice like hey you know in about a week we'll go on another date right the day comes my man's ready because you know like my man's is a good dude right he 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 gets excited he's excited because this young lady seems nice he has invested time and money in her and now he's gonna see her again finally finally maybe something will come of this maybe i did not waste my money so he's excited so what my guy does the night before is he lays out the fit he lays out the fit on the bed like you know like you did before your first day of school you always lay out the fit you always kind of get the lay right in your head before you go on these initial dates with these young ladies because you got to give them your best you got to give them the best fit and you know what the crazy part is too it was probably even more special because my man has been through a pandemic he ain't been able to get a ton of fits off all them summer fits that he was trying to get off last year he's trying to get off now because things are opening back up so my man had the fit prepared you know what I'm saying? He's ready to go, man. He got it laid out. It's put on the bed, man. It's iron, creased up real nice. So he's hyped. Goes to bed thinking about, man, bro. Thinking about the lines he's going to say. What he going to say to her when he see her? What he going to say? You know, these little things you think about before a date. You know, he's preparing because he's trying to come in with a game plan. You know, we try to come in with a game plan so that we're prepared for any and everything when we're going on these initial dates, right? So my man is ready. He goes to bed, wakes up. Goes through the day, you know, goes to the gym, you know, gets a nice little pump in. Because, you know, you got to look a little swole. You know what I'm saying? You got to look good in the fit. You know, since my man goes to the gym, you know what I'm saying? He makes sure, you know, he eats a good meal. You know, he's ready and prepared so he don't got to really pick out during this day. Because, you know, he's got to spend most of his money on her. You know, my man is prepared. About an hour before it's time for him to pick shorty up, man. Like I said, he's excited. He's ready. Probably did a little shot just to, you know what I'm saying, settle a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Get a little ready. She hits him up. Damn, man. That's, you know, so they, they never just tell you right away what's up. They always hit you with, like, a couple words, like an emoji or, like, you know what I'm saying, like the face where it's, like, the monkey covering his eyes or something like that, like, to let you know something's up. She hits him up and says, damn, man. And he's like, yo, what's wrong? You good? What's up? Something came up. I got to cancel tonight. And she cancels on my guy an hour before the date that they had planned a week out, ladies and gentlemen. That is how she shows appreciation for my man's beautiful gesture by driving all the way to New York City and buying a Henny, buying a Wings, and buying a Chips with that extra guac. And we know extra guac is always expensive. This is how she showed her appreciation for this king, for his time and his finances. And like I said, I do not like saying I told you so. But, but, ladies and gentlemen, if he would have listened to me, he could have avoided this very moment. Now, no, it's not a big deal. And yes, this lady had every right to not return his call, to not really feel like Texas, to not even want to go on a second date. She had every right to do that. Maybe she didn't have a good time. Maybe the way I painted the picture, it wasn't as attractive of a night to her in her scope of things. That's fine. That's okay. But they could have still had the same exact night. They could have still continued about their separate business if he would have paid for himself and she would have paid for herself. And 
he would have almost not had any type of ill feelings about it. But let me tell you, when I talked to my guy, he was cool. He wasn't tripping. He wasn't calling no names. He wasn't aggressive or upset in any way, at least visually. But you know you can just hear the tone. You can hear the tone in a brother's voice when he has to tell his guy that some lady dubbed him. That some lady didn't respond or didn't want to go on that second date. It's a pride thing, man. His ego was a little struck. And I don't think it would have been as struck if they would have went Dutch and they would have just paid for themselves. I really don't think so. And that is the thing. Brothers, I'm trying to save y'all from that. And ladies, I'm trying to save y'all from that too. Because sometimes y'all end up with brothers that y'all got to pay majority for. Y'all shouldn't be paying either. It's 90 days, man. It's a probation period. We got to make sure you're worth investing in. So I don't know what this brother plans to do in the future. But what I do hope is that next time he will stick with my 90-day rule. And maybe he can avoid wasting a good $150 on a first date with a woman that won't even give him the decency of a prompt text, a second date, or even a callback. Ladies and gentlemen, like I said, it does not make me happy to share this news with y'all. But I had to update y'all. I told y'all I was going to update y'all from the jump about what was going on with this king. Because, I, you know, maybe I was wrong. Maybe he would have found love by not doing the 90-day rule. I was ready for that. I was prepared for that. I was prepared to come on this show and tell y'all that I was wrong. I had no problem with that. I had no problem doing that. So it does pain me to have to tell y'all. I told you so. It pays me to have to say it. I'm so sorry to say that, guys, but I did tell him. I did tell him what was going to happen, but you know what? We're going to follow. I'm going to be friends with this brother for a long time. We're going to be cool for a long time, and we are going to follow his journey more because eventually he's going to find his young queen. You know, I had to give him some encouragement. I had to give him some game and say, hey, bro, she ain't deserve you anyway, king. She missed out. Good riddance. You know the things you tell your boy when you're trying to, like, pat him on the back, but, you know, you're not trying to make him feel too bad for the situation because I did feel bad for him because brother did seem invested in shorty. Like I said, he told us immediately after the date, so I think he was a little excited. So, you know what? Her loss, King. I meant it. Her loss. You're going to find the right one. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 18. Episode 18 of the Out of Character Podcast, and I am your host. Man, I'm so happy to be your host. I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC too if you're listening. And if you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. We appreciate you for being here. We got a great show planned for y'all. We got a lot to talk about because a lot has gone on. Ladies and gentlemen, every week, more and more happens. Sometimes I wonder, man, what am I going to talk about this week? And then things just occur and yes, this was probably a couple weeks ago by the time this drops. But we're going to catch up on some things. We're not going to let things slip away because we did take a week off last week due to technical difficulties. But I have to talk to you all about this because it's something that just I feel like happens a lot in our culture. And it's something that we just got to be more aware of and try to prevent. So Michael Rappaport, for those of y'all that don't know who Michael Rappaport is, he is a comedian. He has been a comedian within black culture. He's a white man that's been a comedian within black culture for a very long time because he's been in like movies. He's been in Friday. You know, he's, he's actually very, very funny, man. He does these little rants and, you know, he went really, really hard on Donald Trump um, during his like whole presidency. And he really made like a big name for himself. But, you know, casual comedy fans do know of michael rapaport and like most people i don't you don't really hear many bad things about him except from the people that he usually like he makes fun of a lot of people and he takes a lot of time actually to call out critics and haters that hit him up 
somebody a dm him and he'll take it and he'll post it and then he'll roast that person like he's really into roasting and just saying wild and crazy things about people but because it's him he's able to pull it off in a way that i don't think a lot of comedians or people in general could because he's very crass like he says things that like i said not a lot of people could say but he's somebody that we have embraced in our culture and there and there's nothing wrong with that like black people i think we embrace everybody we're so welcoming all the time especially to other races um so like there's nothing wrong with that and he is one of those white comedians that we have fell in love with and embraced much like gary owen right we brought him into our culture and they're very firm in our culture they love our culture they love our hip-hop they love nba nfl they love being on like you know all the shows they're a part of the mix they're in that hip-hop culture mix because we've accepted them for so long and rightfully so they put in their time to be you know i guess what y'all like to say quote unquote invited to the cookout but sometimes what happens when you invite other members of other cultures to the cookout is sometimes they don't know how to act sometimes the way that they act amongst their own folks amongst their own culture is not how we give it up it's not how we do things at our cookouts around our family around people that we are close with around people that we are cool enough to joke with and play with and do things like that that michael rapport likes to do he, like i said he's a comedian so he makes jokes he likes to joke and he likes to he likes to hit that line man he likes to go as far as he can and he's made a good living off of it because like i said he is a funny guy man very very funny guy so like i said earlier Michael Rappaport does this thing where if people are trolling him or DMing him because people say wild things to him, right? Like people all around the world are constantly saying wild things to celebrities, which doesn't make any sense to me. And he gets some crazy DMs that he chooses to share. So he decides one day to wake up and make a post about Kevin Durant, NBA player Kevin Durant, Brooklyn Nets, all-star Kevin Durant. And I guess him and Kevin Durant have had a back and forth for a while. It had like a little internet feud where Michael Rappaport tends to be kind of harsh on Kevin Durant. But not harsh. He just gives his critique. He gives his opinion because whether he's asked, he's on a show or whatever. Or maybe he just wants to send out a tweet or an Instagram post saying something about his opinions on Kevin Durant. And usually his opinions are negative. So Kevin Durant, I guess, saw a tweet or an Instagram post and ended up hitting up michael rapaport directly like dming him now actually actually you know what i'm gonna do because i was just gonna try to go off the top i'm actually gonna read to y'all their interaction some stuff i can't say so i'm gonna skip over because kevin durant was going in kevin durant was going in before i read these messages let me actually preface by saying if you do not know much about kevin durant like much about social media kevin durant is one of those celebrities that has no problem with being super active on social media and he's very very well known for his social media antics because not only does he respond and talk to a lot of people from his own account he has been caught using burner accounts to talk trash about teammates to talk trash about coaches to talk trash about organizations and to just kind of go back and forth with people that he normally wouldn't be able to from his own account because you know he got endorsements he got money and he can't look bad you know he's an icon he's somebody that a lot of kids look up to so a lot of athletes probably have burner accounts but kevin durant has been caught for doing things like that and also kevin durant has been known for being i don't want to call him sensitive because i think you should be able to say and check whoever says anything about you if somebody is willing to say something about you they should be able to handle whatever comes with the critique or the compliments they should be able to handle that and you have every right to respond how you feel right and kevin durant responds and he 
has been called sensitive. He responds a lot. He does not like being criticized, especially because a lot of times he feels like it's not warranted. And a lot of times it's not, man. We've all seen it before how much athletes, especially the black athlete, get criticized on a regular basis. So back to these messages. I'm going to read you these messages between Kevin Durant and Michael Rappaport. And these are what Michael Rappaport posted on his Instagram. And it went crazy. So there was a tweet from Michael Rappaport. It said, KD seemed deeply in his feelings with the NBA on TNT crew after the game, assuming Kevin Durant did like a post-game interview. Damn it, he's super sensitive about everything. Don't do the interview, is what Michael Rappaport said. KD responds, you a That's all he says, you a Michael Rappaport responds by saying, just do the effing interview. And if you're upset about something, they've said, say something in capital letters. Up there looking like you were going to cry and stuff. Kevin Durant responds, I did the interview, you Tell your baby daddy Chuck, talking about Charles Barkley, tell your baby daddy Chuck to be better at his job and frame his questions better. He gave me two options for that dumb ass question. Yes or no. Not sure what question they're referring to, but whatever it is, has these two gentlemen worked up. Kevin Durant takes another quote from Michael Rappaport and posts it on his story. Then he responds to Michael Rappaport. I heard it all before you C-word. I'm going to let you guys use your imagination for what that is. Chuck doesn't need you as a security. You pale pasty. Another C-word. Guzzling. I swear I'm going to spit in your face when I see your dirty ass. This is all Kevin Durant. Bet your life on it. Meet me on West 17th tomorrow at 10. Or better yet, what's your address? Now Kevin Durant is saying, yo, I'm about to pull up. Like, he's actually just talking to himself at this point. So he's getting worked up. He's just sending message after message. You ever been in, like, or, like an argument with, like, one of your, like, close friends or, like, in a relationship or something like that? And, like, you basically just talking to yourself at this point. Like, the person's not even responding because the things you are saying are so crazy and outlandish that, like, they're just going to let you keep going until you tire yourself out. So he's, he's going in. At this point, he said, what's your address? 10 a.m. at Catch Steak on the Corner. Meet me there. And then he said a word that you can call a cat. I'll say that. It starts with a P. Michael Rappaport responds, go help the kids in Brownsville, Brooklyn. And stop being a effing the word that you can call a cat. Kevin Durant continues to respond. You a bitch for even caring how I do an interview. All you do is don't know what this was because it was taken out. So it must have been pretty bad. All you do is suck other men for attention. Trump didn't pay attention to your sorry ass. So now you want to use everybody else to get views and laughs. Your life is a joke. You effing, pale, and then another really bad word. Go get some sun. It's effing with your brain. My report is pretty pale. He is pale, but you don't always have to go there, KD. You don't have to go there. My report responds. Go to Brownsville and help the people that need it, goofball. So Brownsville is just a neighborhood in Brooklyn where, you know, there's some troubled youth that my report feels Katie should be focusing on instead of focusing on him. Katie responds, you go do it, you clown. Good for you. Nobody gives a F. Sucker, D word. Can't wait to tell you all this in person. So threatens him once again. So then KD continues to take a post about this CEO from Barstool, right? We don't got to say his name. But the CEO from Barstool, Michael Rappaport, back in the day, 
I don't even know, maybe it was like a year or two ago, he sued this guy for talking bad about him. Michael Rappaport sued the CEO of Barstool Sports for saying bad things about him. Yes, a comedian sued somebody else for talking bad about them, which to me is something we're actually going to get into, but to me that's just insane. It's just insane, but he sued him. I think he actually got a little bag from it. So KD sent him that post just to remind him, yo, this is, this is how you built. This is how you built. Ha, ha, ha. You're such a B-word. You're suing another man for talking shit about you. I can't wait to shit on your cat word ass. You called your lawyer like a cat word. Ha, 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 ha. A lot of ha, ha's. I don't want to say all the ha, ha's. You couldn't take, oh boy, talking shit? Defamation of character, question mark. Like, Katie's doing the thing again where he's, like, talking to himself. Ha, 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 ha. More ha, ha, ha. Your wife is mad as F. Because you wasting that little bit of money on lawyers because you can't take a joke. Ha, 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 ha. How cat are you? Your wife doesn't even respect your B.A. Strong words, Kevin Durant. Strong, strong words, Kevin Durant. He was very upset. Kevin Durant was mad and fuming. But imagine Kevin Durant. Imagine being Kevin Durant, right? Being so great at something, right? Being so great that you are considered, like, top five all time. And you're not even, like, close to being done yet, right? That's how good. That's how much you've accomplished in life so far. And there are constantly people talking bad about you, judging you, saying things about you. And literally people that can say anything they want on their platform. And you aren't really allowed to do anything about it. If you respond, if you comment, if you let out a tweet, if you post something, everybody's going to judge you. You're not being professional. But see, the thing is, Michael Rappaport's job is to criticize and make jokes and talk shit. That's his job as a comedian. So he's allowed to say and do things, like I said, other people are not normally allowed to do. But with that in mind... I feel it is fair game to respond to comedians however you want. However you want. Because the same luxury of you being able to say whatever you want is the same luxury people should have in response to that. As a comedian, you should be ready and prepared to take the hits that come from what you are talking about. Because as comedians, y'all ask all the time, to not be judged for the things y'all said in the past. To not be judged by the things y'all say now. Because as comedians, it's art. Y'all should be able to be allowed to express yourselves in a comedic form. Because that's the art of comedy, which is cool. But if y'all are going to ask that and ask us not to judge you or cancel you for what you say, you cannot ask us to not be able to respond to what you say with emotion. We can give our feelings on what we feel. And that's what Kevin Durant's doing. That's what Kevin Durant does to these media people. That's what Kevin Durant does to these trolls. He's saying, yo, I don't care what's at stake. Yo, I worked hard for basketball. Y'all not taking that from me. So I'm going to say my piece. I'm going to say how I feel. Kevin Durant has a podcast. Kevin Durant has done interviews. Kevin Durant is very, very vocal. And that's so important because athletes need a voice. Athletes need a voice. So Kevin Durant comes at him crazy in the DMs, right? So what Michael Rappaport actually decides to do is he shares all of these DMs. That's how I was able to read it to you guys. He posts all of these DMs. He posts all of these DMs and says this. As most of you know, I receive threats and disgusting messages daily. But never in my wildest dreams did I think Kevin Durant would be among them. The snake himself is now threatening me, bringing up my wife and wants to fight. This is supposed to be America's sweetheart, right? 
KD didn't get hacked either. Hold this L, champ. Hashtag, I'm the real MVP. Then he tags the Brooklyn Nets like a true snitch, like a true rat. He tags his job in the DMs and says, hashtag, I got a story to tell. Let me tell you guys. There is nothing worse than letting somebody in your cookout, letting somebody in your home, and then they go off and call the police on y'all for having too much fun. For getting a little too crazy. For getting a little too lit. There is nothing worse. Could you imagine? Somebody, a guest. Somebody you allowed in. Somebody you allowed to be there. To get you hemmed up. To try to get you to lose your job, lose your money, and lose the things that allow you to provide for your family and your loved ones. Imagine. Imagine that. Because that's what this situation is. I told y'all, Michael Rappaport, I'm a fan of him. I actually was a fan of Michael Rappaport. Like, he's a funny dude, but he says wild things. The things he calls other grown men are insane. So for you to not be able to handle DMs and the little of criticism, KD ain't meeting up with you, bro. You think KD really meeting up with you? No. He talking shit right back to you, dog. Because you can say whatever you want about him, but when he's coming at you, you like... Oh, go take care of some kids. Well, bro, what? That's not even what we're talking about. You know how angry that would make me? Somebody starts something, and then when I come back with that same energy, they don't want no smoke at all. But then they continue to talk about me as if I ain't pressed them from jump. Oh, I'd be furious. I'd be furious. And what does he do? What does he do? The same thing these Karens do. The minute things aren't going their way, bring the alarm. Ring the alarm, call the ambulance because they crying on social media. They crying in interviews. And that's what Michael Rappaport continued to do after this post. Not only did he make this post, but he was just snitching. And Michael Rappaport, heads up, bruh. Our culture don't get with that. We're not with that. And I'm not no hood nigga. I'm not no street nigga. So we're not just talking about snitching. We're talking about being a tattletale. Because that's what you're doing. Because let me tell you something, Mr. Rappaport. As black folks, as black and brown people, we grow up hearing that tattletelling is a bad thing i know you didn't grow up hearing that because you didn't grow up in our culture but we grow up learning that being a tattle stop tattletelling stop tattletelling stop be man stop telling your brother stop telling your sister man we would get in trouble for tattletelling on our like siblings or tattletelling on somebody because that's not minding your own business mind your business man stop tattletelling on people or deal with your own situations man just you get nothing out of telling on people but but when you allow people that are not from our culture into the cookout, because that's the that's the phrasing we're using, because that's what we call it. When we allow them into the cookout and embrace them and show them nothing but love and support them and literally put money in their pockets by our support. Because nine times out of ten, they're not getting that support from their own people because they decided to side with us, which is cool. We want allies. There's nothing wrong with allies. But the thing is, when you allow outsiders into the cookout, you have to be ready for things like this. Because at the end of the day, that's what they're going to do. They're going to cry wolf. They're going to cry and ask for help. These people that aren't really allies but want to suck and leech off of our culture. Because not everybody's like that. There are plenty of great allies that mean no harm and no ill will. But when I see something like this, something so petty like this, it's, it's really troublesome. And Kevin Durant could have gotten in a lot of trouble for this. For real. Because he is threatening people. Kevin Durant actually could probably be sued by this guy. And to make matters worse, he's been going on interviews crying. That you've had time to really think about everything. Oh, it's been uh, it's been crazy. 
Uh, it's been tough. Um, you know, the last few days have been tough. have been crazy. I, I've gone out of the house and I get, you know, sneers and I get finger pointing and, 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 and I don't do good with sneers and snickers. And then I actually uh, went to the, to the dog park with my dog and people that usually, you know, say hello and even play with my dog. They don't want to play, play with my dog, Wheezy. And then, you know, I, I, I went to my coffee shop and they said, uh, not today, cupcake. And it's weird. It's like, why are you, why are you calling me cupcake? And then I get online and social media and, you know, I know I put it out there, but, uh, you know, people online, uh, have, have been so, so cruel and, and mean and and i have to say and things are so hard for me because people are being so hard on me and they're saying bad things and blah 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 bruh you brought it to the internet nobody would have known if you would have just kept it to yourself mind your own business and wasn't tattletelling how can you want to be a part of our culture how can you call somebody a, you call yourself a hip-hop a story you call yourself a savant of the culture what bro that's like rule number that's like the top three rules don't be a snitch don't be a tattletale but that is what's going to happen because we keep embracing these folks that ain't got, and, and the crazy part is there's nothing wrong with embracing everybody. But why do we embrace others over embracing each other? We'll let these folks in, but then hate on Kevin Hart because maybe his movie wasn't that great this one time. Or say Tiffany Haddish isn't funny when we all know she is hilarious. We will tear each other apart, but then allow folks like this to sneak in. He had the nerve to call Kevin Durant a snake. Bro, you are a rat. You cannot say anything to anybody ever again, bro. That's snitching. You tried to take food off of this dude's family's plate. Because that's how serious it is when you post stuff like this on social media. If you sue him, bro, that's money taken out of That's time taken away from his family and his kids. We allowed you in our culture. If it wasn't for people like Kevin Durant, you wouldn't even have a platform. We the ones watching and supporting you. My mom loves you, Michael Rappaport. She thinks you are so funny. She thinks you are so funny. You are hilarious, man. But you don't have to do things like this. That's your coach. That's your side, man. Y'all do that snitching and tattletelling and want people to feel bad for y'all, feel sorry for y'all. But hey, heads up, bro. Your audience is from our culture. So we not with none of that. That's why people are sending you bad messages. That's why people aren't messing with you. That's why people are unfollowing you. That's why people are quote unquote canceling you. It's because you forgot. That we were the people that put you in the position that you in, man. You got a little too big for your britches, bro. My man was hosting Big 3 stuff, was commentating. Won't be doing that again because the players ain't going to want to talk to you, bro. So all that crying, all that feeling bad, man, bro, save it. And that's for anybody. Anybody. Bruh, don't, bruh, handle business like a man, dog. Handle business like a man. That's not cool. Think of the, like, and I'm, I'm, I'll just be honest. I'm sure he did not understand the ramifications of his actions, right? I'm sure he did not know what would happen by posting this. I'm sure he regretted it immediately. But this would have never happened if we had set a boundary that should have always been set. You can't get too comfortable. You can't talk too crazy. We shouldn't even allow people like Michael Rappaport to talk crazy about our stars, our kids' heroes. Kevin Durant is going to be a lot of our kids' hero. Already is. So that's on us, man. We got to nip stuff like that in the bud. Y'all got to be careful with all this. Oh, we let them in the cookout. Yes, it's great to be welcoming. 
it's great to put God first. It is great to treat everybody equally. But when somebody is from a different culture, you have to understand that they were raised off different values. And that's all this is. That's all this is to talk about. That's all this is to talk about. That's it. Because like I said, everybody's equal. We all, we're all looking for that equal white stuff. That's all beautiful. That's all fair. But people were raised differently. So when you allow people from other cultures to infiltrate our culture, remember that they're bringing some of their culture with them. And that might put us in danger. And it put Kevin Durant in danger. He maybe should have thought about it and said, you know what? I should know better because he's definitely going to post this. Because that's how he was raised. When he's in trouble, when he feels fear, he was raised to tell right away. Go get help. That's how they're raised. We're not necessarily always raised like that. We're raised to deal with our problems. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just cultural differences. So when I see things like sisters and even like brothers posting stuff about hashtag white boy summer. Bro, what? What? Let me tell y'all. Listen, if y'all listen to it right now, hashtag white boy summer is a real thing. And let me tell y'all who started it. Chet Hanks. Who's Chet Hanks? You might ask. Who's Chet Hanks? That's Tom Hanks' his son. We've allowed Tom Hanks' child to infiltrate the culture, people. Like, he's really, like, part of the culture now. Like, he does this, like, patois, like, talking where, like, he sounds like he's from the islands and he's not. It's crazy. This is Tom Hanks' son. Forrest Gump's child has infiltrated our culture somehow. We welcome him with open arms because we love to laugh at stupid shit we just do we love it i love it too man we love to laugh at stupid shit so what Chet hanks decided to do because now he's comfortable he's been in the culture for a couple years now right he feel good he makes this video listen to this hey guys um look i just wanted to tap in really quick i just got this feeling man um that this summer is uh it's about to be a white boy summer you know, take it how you want. I'm not talking about like Trump, uh, you know, NASCAR type white. I'm talking about, you know, you know, me, um, John B, Jack Harlow type white boy summer. You know what I mean? Let me know if you guys uh, can vibe with that and uh, get ready, you know, because I am. Now, all right, first thing first, like I get it. Chet Hanks is being funny. It's a joke. I understand. But. When we allow things like this to happen, they can snowball and turn into something that maybe we cannot control or something that could put us in harm's way. White boy summer? That sounds ridiculous. You know what it feels like when I see sisters tweet or post that on their IG? That is such a nasty thing to put out there. Like, what have brothers really done to deserve that? White boy summer? They can't even be outside. Y'all can't even be outside in the summer. Y'all can't. Y'all, like, have to be outside in increments in the summer or around, like, heavy shade. White boy summer is an oxymoron. Y'all not made for the summer. Y'all time's over now. The winter's gone. The winter's gone. It's our time now. This is when we flourish. This is when the black and brown kings bust out. Oh, let me tell you. Me? When it's summertime? Oh, the golden brown hue on the skin? Oh, my goodness. That is when I flourish. So let me tell you, Chet Hanks, first of all, don't you ever dare put yourself in the same breath as John B. All right? All right? You're not even in the same breath. John B. has records with Tupac. John B. has records with Tupac. Chet Hanks, what do you have? Other than the famous dad, Chet Hanks, nothing. You have nothing. 
So watch yourself with this white boy summer stuff. These are the kind of things we got to watch, people. Like I said, I know he's joking, and this is all jokes. I'm just joking, too. We're having a good time. But, people, we got to be careful. We got to be careful. And that's just in life in general. Be careful who you let infiltrate. Be careful on all fronts. That's racist. That's genders. That's friends. That's foes. That's relationships. That's even family. Be careful who you allow at the function. Because they might show their ass. They might show that they wasn't raised like you. And sometimes that happens. So I had to highlight that, people. I had to show y'all that. Personally, I'm always going to be on the Black King side. So I am on Kevin Durant's side with this Michael Rappaport. I'm sorry, brother, but your time with the culture has officially ended. I'm sorry to tell you, bro, you will no longer be admitted into any black or brown function for at least a while, man. You got to take a little time out. You got to learn your lesson. Because like I said, black folks, we welcome you. So we probably will welcome you back at one point. Because you are talented. You are funny. You have done some dope things. Like I said, brother, you was in the Friday franchise. Like, that's not a little feat. But, brother, at the minimum, you need to take a time out and realize what you have done. Because around here... With black folks, we believe in consequences to actions. And so, your consequences are going to have to just be taking a little time out and figuring out what's going on. And maybe then, you will never think ever to fix yourself to not only disrespect, but snitch on a black king again. And we hope you learn your lesson, Michael Rappaport. Because like I said, my mom loves you. And we, and we don't want to see you, you know, fall into too much depression. Like I said, bro, you're a grown man. You're like 50 years old. You're crying on TV. You're crying on interviews, bro. It's, it's tacky. To say the least, it's it's not becoming at all, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode eighteen, episode eighteen of the Out of Character Podcast. I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC too if you're listening. If you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this show, ladies and gentlemen. Now we got to take a little somber note because today a legend passed away. We've lost another legend, people. Lately, it seems like we've lost so many. It's part of life. It's part of, you know, the world going in full circle. Ladies and gentlemen, we lost rapper, actor, activist, preacher, pastor, one of God's chosen ones, I truly believe, DMX. We lost DMX, um, so I wanted to take a second to shout him out. I should have started the show with it, but, you know, that's, that's kind of like a hard way to start a show talking about, like, somebody that, to me, is... You know, we talk about, like, heroes, and DMX ain't really somebody that, like, a lot of people would call a hero. But anybody that I grew up watching that was truly themselves, that was unapologetically them, anybody that was that true to themselves, I always felt a connection to. Because that's something I wanted to be able to do. I wanted to be able, no matter what I was able to do in life, because I always wanted to be big. I always wanted to do these great things that God has blessed me with the ability to do. But I always wanted to be myself while I did I never wanted to change who I was. I never wanted to conform. I wanted to come as I am. And that's why I've chosen to live the life I've lived so far. That's why I've made the decisions I've made. And so people like DMX, people like rappers, people like Allen Iverson, Hoopers like Allen Iverson, people like Michael Vick, people that dare to be themselves and come as they are always inspire me. And DMX was definitely one of those, man. And just somebody that, to me, like I said, you think about like anointed people, right? People that just have some type of different connection to God. And like, I, I never met him personally, but like just watching his interviews, listening to him speak, even listening to his music, you could just tell there was something special about this brother. And, you know, I don't know a lot about his personal life. I don't want to get into it. But, you know, um, if he was troubled, if he was going through pain, um, I pray that, you know, he is at peace now. Um, 
I know he is looking over all of his loved ones, and I, I pray that his loved ones are doing okay. I pray that his fans are doing okay because, you know, like when Kobe passed away, I was devastated. And a lot of times we have these connections to these people because they evoke emotion and feeling and memories that we have from listening to the music or watching them play or watching one of their movies or something like that. And DMX touched a lot of people. So prayers to everybody that is hurting, that is sad from, you know, losing DMX. He, he did so many great things for us and all i can say and all i can hope is that he was surrounded by his loved ones um when he passed and that he is finally at peace and we all know that he was a god-fearing man and i'm sure he is sitting right next to god probably kicking him a crazy freestyle man so shout out to dmx shout out to his family shout out to all his loved ones and to anybody that's hurting over the loss of this know you are in my prayers and we at out of character show you nothing but love and respect um, and yeah, we like I said, I didn't want to really start the show with that, but we had to talk about it because like I said, DMX is somebody that has inspired me to continue to just be me, be authentically me. Um, shout out to DMX. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you guys know we are all about supporting black kings and black queens and seeing black and brown people accomplish amazing feats. And ladies and gentlemen, this past week, a black man named Hubert Davis accomplished an amazing thing. He was hired as the first ever black head coach of North Carolina's men's basketball team. Roy Williams recently retired and they hired a black man to replace him, Hubert Davis, Hubert Davis. Now I didn't know much about Hubert Davis, but I was so ecstatic, much like rest of the world, to hear that a black man got a chance to coach such an amazing, amazing and storied school like North Carolina, man, that's dope. Tar Heels are huge, man. Come on, Jordan played there. So it's so dope to see, like, and it's crazy, like, to even think, like, dang, they never had a black coach, but he is the first one. So first off, shout out Hubert Davis. Shout out my guy Hubert, man. That is still huge no matter what, but the story takes a little turn. The story takes a little turn, ladies and gentlemen, because Hubert Davis has a press conference. Like most coaches, when they get hired, they do interviews and they answer questions. Now, I'm not sure what the line of questioning was when he had this response, but I'm going to play you guys a clip of how he decided to end his interview. And I will explain why this is our out of character moment of the week. It is significant, Steve. It, it, it's significant that I'm African-American and I'm the head coach here. It, it's significant. Um, I know that in terms of Division I head coaches all around the country, only 26% of the head coaches for Division I men's basketball are compromised by minorities, specifically African-Americans. I know that it is significant that I'm the fourth African-American head coach in any sport in the history of the University of North Carolina. I'm very proud to be African-American, but I'm also very proud that my wife is white and I'm very proud that my three beautiful, unbelievable kids are a combination of both of us. Now, now, first of all, before we get into it, right? Like I said, what an amazing feat for this king, right? He said he's one of four ever to be a head coach of any sport at that university. It's 2021. Only four black head coaches ever, and he's one of them. That is huge. That is so huge. But then you guys hear he continues to say how proud he is to be black, but how proud he is to have a white wife. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I am a product of a biracial family. 
I am half black. I am half Mexican. So I would never judge a biracial couple. I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing because all biracial couples that have kids, they just made a black baby, which I'm all for, man. Shout out to all the mixed kids in the world. You are black. Everybody's going to see you as black. And welcome to the club, people. We are all black. It's a beautiful thing, man. It's how it works. It's beautiful. But, but, but brother, but brother, man. <laughs> I, don't, I just feel like sometimes you got to re read the room, right? Who am I to tell you how to express yourself and what to say in your big moment? But, bruh, I just don't know why you needed to say that. Why could you just say my beautiful wife, my hardworking, my dedicated, my loyal wife? Why did you have to say my white wife? Like, I just don't get it. What, what, I don't understand what you got out of that. I feel like that could only be taken in a bad light, right? I don't know. Like I said, this is the mother of his kids. So he has every right to be proud of her. But like, dude, just read the room, bro. Read the room. Realize the history you are making. And sometimes we don't always have to include anybody else in that. You could have just had your moment. And you didn't even have to make her like, it almost like made her like a prop by calling her my white wife. Bro, nobody said anything about you being married to a sister. Nobody even said you had to be married to a sister. Nobody said we were celebrating you and your excellence because you were married to a black woman. Nobody said that. Nobody asked that of you. So it was just a little jarring that he felt the need to like, yo, my wife's white, guys. Don't forget. Don't forget my wife's white. Like, it just was in poor taste. And that's why it's my out-of-character moment. But I also have another out-of-character moment I want to pair with that because i didn't want to get too deep into that i did think it was hilarious but at the end of the day this is his wife this is the mother of his kids so we are going to be as respectful as possible on the out of character podcast so another out of character moment yes we're giving you two brandon marshall brandon marshall is an ex-nfl player and he has an amazing podcast that i'm a huge fan of it's called the i am athlete podcast where a ton of ex-nfl players sit and talk about just real life stuff talk about nfl stuff talk about all kind of things and they have heated discussions and like i said these are ex-nfl players so they get amped up they get pretty riled up right and they're having a discussion they're having an argument and matter of fact i'm gonna let you guys hear a clip of actually like what happened you'll be able to hear kind of how intense it got we're talking in circles wake up what's wrong with you you know it's not gonna happen as much as I love it too. First of all, y'all, first of all, I'll say this. First of all, you have to have a load of with balls. First of all, I'm gonna say this. I'm first of all, I'm saying sorry, Dre. Sorry, Dre. This is about to go real left. Sorry, Dre. First of all, y'all don't even know what the y'all talking about because y'all talking about the NBA got everybody got guaranteed contracts and it's false. They do searching this. And I'm telling you, it's the they truth. Do. No, they don't. Not everybody that's on the NBA roster like who? have a guaranteed There's two-way contracts. There's two-way contracts. No, it's not. And then there's no, the top dogs. About. There's the top dogs. No, it's not. There's four guys on the NBA team that got guaranteed contracts. And everybody else can be cut today and don't got nothing. And don't Look have dime. Look it up. Look it up. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you do not know, Almost every NBA player's contract is guaranteed. That is a huge difference between NFL and NBA players. NFL players, their contracts are very seldom guaranteed. There's a lot of money left on the table that helps out owners, it helps out teams, it helps them save money. In the NBA, it's not like that. In the NBA, when you sign a contract, you're more than likely getting all of that money. You might have some extra incentives in there, but your contract is more than likely fully guaranteed. So what you heard is Brandon Marshall emphatically, emphatically, arguing his point but he was dead wrong 
angry and dead wrong. We've all been there. We've all been there before, people. We have all decided that we are just going to die on a cliff knowing that we were wrong. We will argue our hearts out. And a lot of times, you heard how loud he got. You heard how angry and intense he got. A lot of times, the angrier and more intense we get during an argument, that's you already know you're wrong. You already know the point you are making is mute and that you are wrong. But maybe if I'm just loud enough, maybe if I'm just crazy enough, they'll stop arguing with me. Maybe they won't realize that I am incorrect if I argue loud enough. And I believe that's what's happened with Brandon Marshall. And so what happened was this clip went viral and then a screenshot of like bangs just popping out of his cheeks and face and neck and him just screaming. And people all over memed it, man. It was just such a funny moment, but I was just dying because we have all been there, especially as a man, right? Ego kicks in when you're arguing. Ego kicks in when you're wrong, right? And you just don't want to be wrong and you will say and do anything. My man said, I have done the research. He lied and said, I did research to try to prove his point, to try to get them off his back. But they didn't let up. So he had to continue to yell. He had to continue to go crazy. And ladies and gentlemen, we have all been there. We have all been there when we were just angry and dead wrong. Angry and dead wrong people. And that's what Brandon Marshall was. But I, you know, I hope he took it in good stride because I'll tell you what, it probably did numbers for his podcast. Moments like that are probably huge for a podcast like the I Am The Athlete podcast. I mean, we're talking about it on that, a character podcast, man. I love the show, man. Shout out to Brandon Marshall. I just thought that was dope to throw that in there, man, because that was definitely a wild moment. Seeing somebody be so emphatically wrong is hilarious. And, man, I'm so glad that podcast exists for that very moment. And, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, then this is probably your favorite podcast. This is the Out of Character Podcast, episode 18. Episode 18 of the Out of Character Podcast. I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC, too, for listening. And if you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, we are almost done. We are almost done with the Out of Character Podcast. But what we like to do on the Out of Character Podcast is we like to highlight black and brown businesses not only black and brown businesses but black and brown kings and queens black and brown entrepreneurs black and brown kings and queens that are trying to do their own thing and trying to establish themselves in this crazy business world and ladies and gentlemen i have come across an excellent excellent king who is actually working on his first children's book and to me it means a lot because i have a child i have a son who i love reading to who loves reading he's very very smart and it is so hard to find books by black authors books by people that write things for our black and brown boys and girls man so i want to get him on the phone right now and talk to him about his brand new book and shed some light on what he's got going Hey, Vincent, it's Brian Colbert, BC from the Out of Character Podcast. How you doing today, brother? Good. How you doing today, man? Hey, man, I'm doing good, man. I just wanted to call you because as we spoke about before the show, I love to highlight black businesses. And you, in particular, are working on something very, very special, brother. So I wanted to call you. I wanted my listeners, my audience, to be able to hear what you're working on, man, because I think it's great. I think it's exceptional, bro. So please tell the people what you are working on. But first, introduce yourself. Greetings, all. My name is Vincent Wilder, uh, originally from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Now I reside in Omaha, Nebraska with my beautiful family, um, beautiful wife and uh, four children. Um, I'm working on a 
uh, comic series called Black Amir. Uh, it's based off the life of Amir Abraham. And on his journey to become the greatest basketball player to ever play, he becomes the greatest leader that the world has ever known. Uh, so I was a ex-collegiate uh, basketball player. I played some NAI. I played some JUCO. I played some Division Two. I have a unique experience in traveling. So I kind of use uh, this protagonist uh, as a mirror, as a vessel uh, to, for me to get my point across. Um, I come from educators. I, I am currently a PhD student at Liberty University. Wow, congrats, uh, bro. That's beautiful, man. That's that's big. Thanks. I appreciate it, man. Uh, I'm just trying to make it do what it do out here, man. You know, <laughs> trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents out here. You know how it go out I feel here you. in the streets. Uh, but I'm just trying to do the best I can, trying to be the best version of myself. Um, and um, the first book out, or the first book out of my series, my comic series, is called Captain Buckets, and it's geared towards elementary school age kids. And um, it's basically about a, 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 a Amir, which is the protagonist, is, uh, is uh, trying to get ready for the summer so he can try out for his team next year for the school team, and he has a little surprise at the end of the story. I can't give you more than that, though, man. I can't give you more than that. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I understand. Listen, bro, we want the people to not just support you, but also buy the book, man. So you can't give them too much. You got to leave them wanting more because they got to get the book right now. For those of y'all that are listening, you cannot see, but we are showing the cover of this Young King's book. And the first thing that stood out to me, of course, was that it's a young black king on the cover man which is so dope to me because it's somebody with a son who's about to start elementary school i know how hard it is to find books that represent him and his culture and what he's gonna go through and his life experience man so first of all let me tell you thank you for making a book like this because i think it's so important that our young black kings have books like this Tariq I feel like we our generation really didn't have that you know we really didn't have a lot of books that show young black boys and girls doing exceptional things yeah I, I appreciate that man uh, I also want to highlight that um, you don't see it but Amir is black and he represents my uh, my oldest son and he's black but I come I'm from I'm in an interracial relationship so oh, wow his mom is his mom, mom is blue white uh, white blonde hair blue eyes oh. and uh and he is you know dark as me and it this is kind of a book that portrays our family and how uh how that looks and how he can see himself in a book with somebody that looks like us and you know actual you know just being represented you know symbolized um he is black and he, and, and he is black but he's just uh, just a different version and i want to highlight that as well because i think that that's that's what my family is i have three boys so i have to make sure that they have that sim symbolism as well if there's nothing presented or represents them out here in the world too so that's what i try to do no that's important as well i mean because me i'm um, biracial as well i'm half mexican half black and that's oh, yeah. very important to represent as well because that's what the world is going to be you know what i'm saying that's yeah. what we're seeing a lot of man people in times are different now you know what i'm saying now it's all about love it's not about race anymore man so it's dope that you wanted to take the time to just give your sons if nobody else just give your son something that's that it. represents them man that's so dope 
Yes, sir. And leave, and leave my mark on the game. Of course, I didn't make it to the NBA, but I wanted to. But this, <laughs> is, my little, this, is, this is my little way of just trying to get there. You know what I mean? Just trying to uh, leave my mark on the game, how I could do it. Um, again, I, this Captain Buckets is for elementary school age. Uh, the next one is geared towards middle school age, and the next one is geared towards high school. So it's, it's going to be a lot to come from this Black Amir series. But Captain Buckets is where we starting, and Amir is ready to go, baby. Oh, man, I can't wait to read Captain Buckets, man. Now, I have to ask you, you said you used to play basketball. That was, like you said, you wanted to be in the NBA. Man, that was your dream. That was the journey in your mind, but the journey changed. It didn't necessarily go the way you wanted to, but what made you decide, okay, I'm going to make a book? Like, you could have done so many different things with your basketball knowledge, with your journey in general. What made you say, you know what, I want to make a children's book? Well, you know, I, it goes back to my upbringing. I took, like, I didn't, maybe didn't mention, but um, I come from educators. Uh, I come from my mom, my dad, my aunties, my uncles, my grandparents. I didn't know that there was other jobs in the world growing up besides being a teacher. You know what I mean? So right. that's, it's kind of in my blood to do something like this. And plus, um, I run an organization out in Omaha called Get Better Off Dedication. That's the PC version of get buckets or die and it's a uh, it's a uh, basically a youth basketball organization that we do you know team building and we do uh uh individual building youth player development we do uh, numerous things but i just needed something uh, to grab my kids attention so to, to let them know that hey uh you need to be basically dreaming of this this needs to be your nighttime this needs to be your little story time before you need to go to sleep because if you want to make it to where you want to go you're going to have to use education that just as much as the basketball piece and this is just my way of saying it you know what i mean man that's such an important message to instill in our youth man and and i'm so grateful for it like i said man that you decided to take your time and your talents to make a book like this and give back to the youth man because that's so important now you said omaha are you talking about omaha nebraska Omaha, Nebraska. Yes, sir. It's oh, home right now. Really? Um, now that's now that's crazy, bro. Now, now for those of y'all that are listening, me and this brother were connected through a friend that is I've met at ESPN, <laughs> and that I believe you know through Florida, because I know he's from Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Now I don't know if he told you this, but I went to college in Nebraska, and my son actually, my son who's about to go to elementary school, he goes to all black private school in Omaha, Nebraska. Believe it or not. No, where you go? I, I, I swear. I can name two. I can name two. And I know where you, where you go. Go ahead. Um, uh, he go to Sacred Heart. Nope. Uh, Jesuit Academy. No, he goes to Nelson Mandela. It's about four oh, years old now. That's right up the street. Yeah, that's where, where he goes. Yes, sir. And he lives <laughs> in the same neighborhood as well. Um, he lives in the same neighborhood as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, he, uh, he loves it. He loves the school, man. It's so cool, bro. Because like, I didn't grow up with black teachers and all his teachers are black, all his friends and and classmates are black and multicultural, man. So I love it, bro. But that's a small world. That's a small world. But I'm loving hearing what you're saying, bro. Cause what that means is my boy got some, got a hookup now. Now he got a place to, you know, learn sports and learn other cool things. Is that what you're telling me? You, you got to hook up. North Omaha is is, is changing, and yes, and it is trying to bring good vibes to it. Um, and I'm just I, I I'm just just a minute piece in the people that are doing some real work out there. And I I just I'm just humbled to be a part of the environment out here. That the, the up and coming culture of, of of black entrepreneurs is 
it's it's really it's really fun to watch and i'm just glad that god gave me the opportunity to uh just be here and see this and just do this <laughs> and, and that's beautiful <laughs> so man because you know what god might have laid it out for you but you decided to walk in that purpose man so shout oh, out yeah. to you um and it's crazy man it's so crazy Omaha, nebraska because i'm always talking to people about how this black folks in nebraska and nobody ever wants yeah. to believe me so it's so dope to hear somebody that not only can represent here. Black people in Omaha, Nebraska that's not from there that can say, yo, there's actually black people out here, but also is trying to help the black people out because I was one of those people as well, man. I lived in Omaha for a while and I constantly was trying to do things, hold events that just helped us out. You know what I'm saying? It just yeah. made life a little better for us. And man, once we get off the line too, we're going to have to talk like a, a rap because I'm sure we know a lot of the same people. That's This is crazy, man. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, it's the coincidence. Crazy. People, I swear this was a coincidence. We had no idea. Um, I really just want to talk to you about your dope book, but man, that is so cool, man. I can't wait to chop it up with you more because I'm in Omaha all the time. Cause like I said, my son's out there. So I fly out there oh, all yeah. the time, man. And bro, I really can't wait to connect with you and, and talk more and, and figure out ways that we could do more stuff for the youth of Omaha and just black people in general out there. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it's up and coming. It's, it's coming it, and it can't be stopped. You know what I'm saying? It's a train that can't be stopped. You know, uh, there's young kids, people out here. I know there's just young kids out here ready to go. Train yeah. to go in the right way. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, <laughs> you know man. I mean? Yes, sir. So, so uh, now let's, let's go back to your book. Let's go back to your book. What's up? Like I said, man, the cover looks dope, man. I'm all about buckets, man. I love hooping. My son loves hooping, so I cannot wait. I want to be the first person to purchase this book, brother. Like, I, I need it. I need it the minute it comes out. How can people purchase this book? How can people support you? How can people follow you? Give us the rundown, man. Okay, so May 1st is the official pre-order date. So you can start pre-ordering May 1st. June 1st, which is my birthday, is kind of a dirty 30 birthday for me. So wow. I'm just going, that's just a little birthday present to myself. I've been working on uh, Captain Buckets for, you know, I've been working on Captain Buckets and Black Amir series for almost four or five years now. Before I even knew that I wanted to pursue being a... Uh, uh, a doctoral candidate you know what i'm saying that that was before i even decided to go get my master's i i was drawing them up uh working at fedex in the back of a train uh back of a trailer you know what i mean yeah. that's that's what i was doing that's what i knew i wanted to do and i knew at some point i was going to quit doing that um so <clears throat> i'm rambling on but you can uh uh follow me at Vinton wilder um, basically on Twitter and Instagram or you can follow GBOD Hoops on Instagram and uh, GBOD Sports on Facebook um, but we do all kind of community events and uh, 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 projects and uh, things that can uh, uplift the community um, and basically Captain Buckets is a tie into the, the work that we're doing at GBOD um, and, and I just want to emphasize it's GBOD it's not G-Bod, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't, uh, it ain't G-O-C-B-D, it, it's G-B-O-D. Uh, that's one of my pet peeves when uh, somebody talks to me, so. Cause they G-B-O-D, me, oh, people. G-B-O-D. You know, yes, sir. some people say, it's G-Bod, G-Bod. <laughs> nah, it's not G-Bod, bro. I wouldn't play for G-Bod. I play for G-B-O-D. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, bro, I can't wait to have you back on the show to talk more about G-B-O-D and also, man, to talk about your book, man. The, the day you start selling it, we're going to have you back on, man. We're going to have you talking about it. We're going to remind people where they can find it at. G-B-O-D, people. G-B-O-D. Make sure you get it right when you say it. Vincent, bro, <laughs> Ooh, thank you so much, man. 
Yeah, put some respect on it. Damn right. Put respect on it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, bro, Vincent, thank you so much for your time, brother. I can't wait to talk more with you, man. I can't wait to learn more about thank what you. you got going on, man. And I know this is just the start. I know this is just the start, and I know you're going to make more books and do more great things, man. And I can't wait to talk to you about it. I can't wait to highlight it, bro. Thank you so much for your time tonight, my brother. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak on myself. Hey, bro, it's nothing, man. Anytime you need me, bro, you know, you can text me, you can call me, bro. We will get you on the show anytime you want, man. We record every week, bro. So if you got something you got to talk about, man, you holler at me, man. This is an outlet for the people, for my black kings, for my black queens, man. That's what we're here for. Appreciate it, man. Have a good night. Hey, no doubt, brother. You too, man. God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Vincent Wilder, author of Captain Buckets. First time author, man. That is so cool, man. It is so cool to hear somebody that wants to take their knowledge and expertise and just give back man and not only give back but give back to the youth because man this is so important man and we got to look out for our little black and brown boys man we really do because somebody has to right somebody has to look out for us somebody has to tell our stories somebody has to find ways to connect with our youth because sometimes those books especially the ones that we grew up on in my generation they don't always connect you know what i'm saying they don't always match with what our real life experience is man so shout out to vincent that is so cool man i can't wait to buy the book like i said man my son loves loves reading man he loves loves basketball even more so a book like that is is so cool and and isn't that wild isn't it crazy i had no clue this is where this brother resided we met we met through a mutual friend a mutual friend hit me up and told me hey man you know he wants to promote this book i think you know your podcast is perfect for it man we'd love to get him in front of your audience and i said it's nothing it's nothing man we love doing that on out of character podcast we love highlighting black businesses and so that was really the only conversation we really had i talked to him a little bit beforehand and you know just kind of let him know i was going to call him and what the flow would be but outside of that I, I had no idea he was going to say that, man. So that's so cool because what he's working on and what he's doing can literally affect my child directly. You know, like he said, he lives in the same neighborhood as where he goes to private school, man. Like, what's the chances of that? What's the chances of that? But, you know, there's there's nothing more important to me than my son. There's nothing, nothing more important to me than my child. And he's actually about to start elementary school this year, man. He got accepted in. He had to do like this interview process, which is wild for a kid to have to interview but it was still cool because that's real life experience that he's getting at five years old having to be you know present in the interview and have to make a good impression you know he might not fully understand it but he's learning tools that are very important that's why i think his school is so dope man shout out to nelson mandela nelson mandela elementary man they've been around for about three or four years now it's a new school a new private school funded by the state in Omaha, nebraska for the black youth, man, and they look out for people, man. There's there's a list of people trying to get into this school, so we hope that they continue to grow. I hope I can help it continue to grow, and they build resources, man. Shout out to Nelson Mandela. Um, they are always taking donations to people, so if you're listening and you want to give back and help out some great black youth, some young black kings, hit up Nelson Mandela. I don't know the website off the top of my head. I'm so sorry, but you can Google Nelson Mandela, Omaha, Nebraska, and I promise you, you will find it right away if not reach out to me directly and i will get you in touch with the people that you can donate to shout out to nelson mandela yo what's so crazy about the school and i'm super excited i'm just gonna talk about myself for a little bit in elementary school at nelson mandela these kids like a requirement is for them to learn the violin the violin imagine my little man playing the violin could you know what he's gonna be able to do on dates when he's older and he's able to bring a shorty to the crib or to the dorm room and then he busts out a violin she might chuckle at first because she's not used to seeing brothers.
playing violin, but once he start getting down, because at this point he's had years of training. He started at five years old. Now he's a grown man, right? Playing the violin for a sweet young lady. Imagine that little man's going to be unstoppable. So I hope he understands. Well, cause I heard that. I said, oh, we got to get him in. So, you know, I hope he understands. I'm trying to set him up for the future. Not to mention he's going to get a great education. Like I said, his teachers are black queens and kings, man. I love to see it. And of course, I'm sure there's white teachers there too. He just doesn't have any, but there's nothing wrong with that either. But I just think it's so cool because I had maybe two black teachers my entire life, maybe one um and that's wild because like he's not gonna have to know that at least going through elementary school because this will take him all the way to sixth grade he'll be in this school man so shout out to my son man shout out to you for getting to elementary school my guy and man hopefully my guy Vincent can help you do some dope things because he sounds like he's plugged into basketball and doing all kind of stuff man so man that's so cool it's crazy how life works man it's crazy how life works ladies and gentlemen this is episode 18 episode 18 of the out of character podcast i am your host brian colbert my friends call me bc you will call me bc too if you're listening if you're listening we appreciate you for listening we appreciate you for subscribing we appreciate you for liking we appreciate everything y'all have done for us man and speaking of appreciation before we go i have to shout out some great people over at espn man y'all know i used to work there y'all know i love espn i always have love for espn and shanae and gola jr the greatest podcast radio show that's on ESPN. Let me tell you guys. They hot. They pop it. Got one of the best producers in the game. Cliff. Cliff's been on the show. If y'all haven't seen his You Better Ask Somebody, y'all got to tap in. It's actually very hilarious, even though he did it in a very unorthodox way. Shout out my guy, Cliff. Cliff, huge supporter about a character. We had a tweet that was really, really dope. Really, really dope. I wouldn't call it a viral tweet because we ain't there yet. But we had a tweet that was really, really funny about Brandon Marshall. Um, if you're listening, go to OOC underscore TV on Instagram or Twitter. You will see it right away, bro. It's hilarious. It's of that viral moment Brandon Marshall had that we spoke about earlier in the show. So um, we did a little tweet about it, man. It was dope. They took a screenshot of it and they put it on their show, which airs on ESPN, man. And they talked about it, which was just so dope, man. Those little kind of things help us so much because we're, we're a small black business, honestly, man. We're a small black production company. And any type of support, any type of love, any type of help we can get, man, it means so much to us. So I just wanted to shout out their show real quick. Shanae and Gola Jr., man, they are so dope, man. I, I really think they're the future of this game for real like they're already taking over right now but i can't wait to see because they're so young i can't wait to see what they do in the future man they, they work so hard and they're everywhere now man and i've got to work with them personally and they're just they're great people man so i had to shout them out real quick specifically cliff the producer because i know you had everything to do with that man you're constantly showing support to out of character but you're also showing the support to everybody man you're in a great position and you really don't have to help anybody, but you still choose to help folks, man. And, and and that means a lot, bro, because you've, you know, you might not feel like it, bro, but to a lot of people, you've made it, man. You've made it onto a big show, man. You're the producer of it, man. And you've gotten the respect of the company, which is so huge when you're at ESPN, man. So for you to be in the position you are in and to still be helping out others like myself, when you don't have to, bro, it means so much, man. So I had to take a moment to shout y'all out before we ended the show, man. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 18. Episode 18 of the Out of Character Podcast. As you know, I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends, they call me BC. You could call me BC too if you're listening. If you're listening, we appreciate you for listening, man. It's been such a fun show. It's been such a fun journey. Man, 18, but we're almost at 20. I don't even know. We got to do something crazy for 20, man. But we are almost at 20 episodes of the Out of Character Podcast, man. If you're listening, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Thank y'all so much for being with us. And as always, God bless.